Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey everybody, welcome to The Shift. This is an extra episode this week because I recorded too many episodes over the holidays. And um, I just got around to finishing editing this one and I was meant to put it out like a month ago. So I'm really sorry that it's so late, but I just recorded too much. I got ahead of myself, you know yourself. Anyway, this episode is with Nimesh Patel and we just spoke about him growing up in America, coming from immigrant parents, um, interracial dating. We also gave a listener advice as well. Um, Oh, and he spoke about sex education and the sex education he got here in America. So um, have a listen also, there's no video for this because it got all fecked up, so it's not going to be up on the Patreon. But next week's episode uh, will be up on the Patreon um, tomorrow's one, so Tuesday's one, sorry. And the following week, because we already recorded that, because again, I got ahead of myself. And um, the other thing is the episode coming, about, coming out on Tuesday is with a sex therapist. Uh, she wrote the book um, Sex Points. Uh, her name is Dr. Batsheva. And oh my God, she's absolutely brilliant. So I'm very excited about that episode. And yeah, the Patreon, if you want to see the video for that one for tomorrow's episode, is um, Patreon forward slash shift podcast. And I'll be doing solo episodes up there as well. So just getting to chat about my own per- uh, personal life that I don't get time to chat on uh, the podcast about. And just like living in New York, dating in New York, all of that shite. But anyway, I love you and enjoy the episode. And I'll talk to you at the end. That's great. And wait, so you, um, I'm just going to start straight away. You grew up in New Jersey, right? Parsippany, New Jersey. Uh, yep, that's I was born and raised there. Spent my entire life there, basically, until I went to school uh, not too far away at NYU. Okay, and are your parents immigrants? Are they from India? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were both born and raised in India. Came over here like 79, 80, something like that. Uh, uh, hit the mean streets of New Jersey and uh, never left. And did you find that like uh, growing up with Indian parents would kind of affected your attitudes towards sex and dating? Uh, I don't know. If, I, I can't say what the uh, conscious effect was. Yeah. Um, because it was it was limited when it came to the positives of it. You know, they never like brought up this is how you do it or this is what sex is. This is like when to do it, etc. It was more just like not talked about at all. Um, I think I learned about sex uh, when I was watching like the learning channel in like third grade, Um, like what, like the actual technical before TLC became like my 600 pound life. It was, you know, what is, uh, uh, what is the body and what is the mind? And that's how I learned about sex. And then 
they never talked about dating. I think I just like kind of once I hit puberty, I was like, I like girls and started like seeing girls and I was like, oh, cool. And then, and then I had like a girlfriend. I remember distinctly like on a date holding hands with a girl and then like my dad picked me up because I still could, I was like 16 or 15. And I remember my dad being like, felt disrespected that, uh, that I was holding a, a girl's hand in front of him. Uh, and I was like, what are you talking about? But that was that, that was like the extent to our conversations. It was never like wear a condom or anything like that. It's like your kids aren't having sex at all. I don't know if they know we're having sex even now. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like that's very similar to Irish parents as well. But I think because Irish parents, it's just they're embarrassed to talk about it. So they're just like out of sight, out of mind. Let's. Yeah, that's really what it was. I'm sure. I'm sure they were just like, we're not going to talk about that with our kids. It's weird. And I was like, all right. We never talked about it. With, it was never like, you know, I feel like it's a two way conversation, but both ways, like, I never broached it with them. They never broached it with me. So it was like, all right, we'll just figure it out all on our own, you know? What was the learning channel? What is that? Um, I don't even know what third grade is. How old is that? Uh, uh, third grade, I was probably like eight or nine. Um, the learning channel is TLC. Now they have shows like uh, My 600 Pound Life and I think oh. a bunch of other, like, I don't think Hoarders is on there, but shows like that, like Kate and eight plus Kate and someone plus eight or some shit. You know, it's all like uh, docu-reality stuff now. But back in the day, they would have programming about, you know, this is how the human body works. This is how the mind works. This is how you would learn things. On It was like Discovery Channel and the Learning Channel where the two channels were, if you wanted to learn stuff and uh, were interested in exploring things, like that was, a, those were the channels to tune into. But not anymore. Uh, but, you know, that's how I remember distinctly learning about sex from the Learning Channel so there was like a sex education program they had i mean sure it was it wasn't yeah. exclusively that but it was there's definitely there's definitely like uh the pregnancy process and it was just like you know following an egg up the i mean following sperm up the fallopian tube as it fertilizes the egg and all what all that meant um you know the male inserts the penis and it was like a health class but that's uh, amazing with, with much better graphics and that you would just watch that at home that wasn't in like school no, I was just at home. Uh, but, you know, that was like while my mom was uh, making dinner and I was like in the living room, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, sex, cool, you know, but it wasn't like uh, anything graphic where, you know, you weren't seeing fucking. It was more like uh, computer animated CGI shit, like really yeah, anatomically correct. Yeah, but that's great. I could do it watching that now still. I'm still <laughs> sometimes confused. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, that's how I learned about it. Um, and then dating never really became a thing until uh, probably like high school. And then they were just like, you know, just be careful and, you know, don't get distracted. Dating was never a thing like, oh, you should, you know, find out what love is more like, don't let it distract from your studies. That's really what it was. Yeah. Like I know for my parents, like my dad, he would love me to be with an Irish man. Uh -huh. um, did you ever feel like that pressure from your family that you should marry an Indian American or an Indian girl? No, it was never uh, uh, th talked about. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, they thought about it, but that was never really fully articulated. You know, this is what you have to do. It's just like you know, just be happy, um, love who you love, and make sure you're making the right choice. And that was really it. Yeah. Uh, there was never. 
if my parents brought it up, it was like very early on into whatever relationship. If it got serious, there would be like, uh, you know, like uh, if it was with a white lady or whoever is like, you know, uh, uh, what about the culture? You know, how you can preserve culture and stuff. It's like, well, I'm still Indian, so uh, I can carry that load. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's great. Uh, um, and after that, I was like, yeah, I, yeah, that makes sense. And so that was really it. It was never like this, this whole like um, uh, stigma or I perceived stigma that or perceived thing that par- like Indian parents or ex color parents will have against uh, dating some other race is like was never really held true for me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much longer it'll hold for a lot of people because I think kids teach their parents and I I definitely have taught my parents some things. And I think my generation, our generation of kids will be teaching their parents a lot of stuff um, about race and relationships as we go. Yeah. That's amazing. Like I'm sure for my dad, it's just because if I marry an Irishman, I'll end up at home at some stage. So I think he's like afraid (laughs) if I marry American, he'll never see me again. (laughs) Oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, he just wants you back in. uh... I think so. And then there is some cultural things like, you know, I struggle with dating over here just because like in Ireland commitment is more um it's seen as more a pro, whereas in New York it's kind of casual dating is more. So those little cultural things are are hard as well. Uh-huh. Um so I'm sure if I met an Irishman here, it'd be just easier, you'd uh-huh. think, but uh but it, that might be no. a generational thing as well, like where people just don't want to commit right now. Yeah, I mean, to be in New York and in a committed relationship um, after, oh, immediately seems uh, stupid. <laughs> like you should, you should definitely, there's a lot New York has to offer. Um, and you should sample all of it before you make a, a lifelong decision. Or, you know, just make a lifelong decision and then take it back. Who knows? It's, you know, 2020. Yeah. Life is good. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. And how did you find going from New Jersey to New York? Like, I know you're married now, but were you single when you moved to New York? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I was single until I was like, I don't know, 28, I guess. Uh, I think that's right around the time that I met my current wife. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, oh, I, when I moved to New York, it was 2004. I went to college here. So um, I was single all throughout, uh, on and off in college. And then a majority of my comedy years, I was single, um, until, uh, I met my wife. Yeah. And how did you find Dayton in New York city compared to New Jersey? Oh, I mean that, I mean, New Jersey is like 40 minutes away from me. So, yeah. uh, it was all the same. I think the, even in New York, like, I think I remember like dating and thinking, dating someone that like lived in Queens and thinking I'm never going to fucking Queens like I can't see this person anymore <laughs> you know so it was so far I remember going home from a girl's place one night and thinking I'm never doing this again she was 45 minutes away yeah um but for the most part like you know dating in New York was dating in New York I'm sure you've experienced it where it's just like you find the spots you bring your first dates to and <laughs> and, and, and do this kind of same routine shit it was fun it was a good time well, because like for my friends, I know they've started uh, putting their like hinge out to New Jersey because they think that maybe New Jersey guys are more likely to want commitment because they're not in the city. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's, I've been out the dating game so long. I can't I can't imagine how sad the pool is right now. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Imagine. I mean, 
had COVID not happened, I'm sure, uh, uh, I'm sure it'd be a very interesting scene out there. But I, I, from the few friends that I have that are dating, I think uh, uh, they're all having either wild amounts of success or like things are slim and, and dark. And um, were you brought up religious? Yeah, I mean, my my mom and dad are both fairly religious. Not like not like overbearingly religious, but they they definitely practice their faith, and it's evident that they um, very much believe in God. Uh, I do too, um, but I've had my own sort of circuitous route to uh, Hinduism. Um, and uh, it's probably only picked up recently in the last few years. Um, but I can see a lot, uh, not in necessarily all the dogma of it all, but the, the spiritual tenets of it and the underlying, underlying things that drive or the uh, things that are the foundations of Hinduism that I fully believe in. And, uh, but I don't go out like condemning people that don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did, Fuck you, Catholics. <laughs> I'm like hiding my cross. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that at all. Um, I, did you find though? I don't like. I this is really ignorant of me, but I don't really know anything a lot about Hinduism. Um, I know like with Catholicism and a lot of Christian religions, uh, there can be a lot of shame when it comes to sex or masturbation mm-hmm. and all of that. Is there anything like that? For Hinduism? Well, I, I don't think, I mean, I've read the Bhagavad Gita, which is like a very small subset of the texts that are defining, that define Hinduism. But in the Gita, there's no mention of any of that. But uh, uh, the, the closest thing it gets to mentioning that, or celibacy in general, is like in Hinduism, you're supposed to ha- do every action uh, that you do for God and let no sort of action be uh, uh, aimed towards any goals specifically. So if you want to extrapolate that to like, don't have sex for pleasure or don't do anything like that, then sure, maybe, but it's also the religion that kind of played no small part in birthing the Kama Sutra. So <laughs> I don't know, there's, there's no like real kind of uh, clear delineation one way or the other there's no like don't spill your seed or uh, there's no like don't be a homo you know there's none of that <laughs> shit in there so that's uh, great uh, you know i think uh in that regards hinduism is the best <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> <ended>. <laughs> um, but yeah and uh, does that answer your question yeah yeah it does absolutely so your parents didn't talk about uh, sex education to you. You learned it from the TV show. Was it in the uh, school in America? Did you have sex education oh, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I think we started in like fifth grade. Um, fifth or sixth grade, like when kids start hit puberty and stuff, like they start talking, they give us, I think in fifth grade was when they separated the boys and the girls and showed us each our separate like anatomy and physiology videos. Um, and we all came out like shell shocked, you know, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it became like, you know, everyone had health class and then every health class we would learn a little bit more, a little bit more about, you know, sex and STDs and, um, uh, anatomy and physiology and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it wasn't like heavy handed or anything of the sort New Jersey public schools, at least the one I went to, like, I think they provided good coverage and left enough opportunity for people to 
finger their own way through sexuality, you know. That's like way better than my country. Oh yeah, what do they do there? Uh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> there's no sex education. I do think that there's some schools that get it, but if I'm right, it's that it's uh, an external group come in and teach it. We had one class of it, and it wasn't like helpful at all. It wasn't informative. But mm-hmm. yeah, other it's kind of like a nobody really talks about it now there might be some listeners being like i got great sex education they're gonna write in and be like shut up katie well i didn't (laughs) well i'm sorry uh but you know now who needs it when you could just youtube everything you want to learn or or pornhub the rest you know (laughs) it's like there's plenty of information out there to be had but i i i don't i don't necessarily agree with that because let's okay i'm 30 i nearly said i was 28 i'm still living in the past i'm (laughs) 30 and i only found out about hbv recently you know oh shit and so but so you can't just kind of go through life if no one's talking about it and i only learned about female masturbation until i moved over here like i kind of knew about it but i didn't know how to do it no one talked about it oh wow i do think if no one's talking about it like you wouldn't even and a lot of people would feel too much shame to go on to Pornhub or even to google it like uh-huh. I like I literally never heard of HPV and apparently everybody has it so everyone's got it uh, you I don't know if I have it but I probably have it uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. you met your wife when you were 28 that's really young for New York standards Mm, uh i don't know if it was i think it was 28 was it 20 i don't know yeah it was seven eight years ago now but yeah i mean it was just you know circumstance right place right time right person um that was really it uh it's kind of how how it happens and like you know like i was so married to the game of comedy that my my eyes were not it wasn't like constantly dating um uh while in like at that point in my life and you know if i hadn't met her i likely st- i still would have been operating under the same principle just like you know whatever happens happens um yeah. and so you never like was afraid of getting into the commitment no i mean i, I i'm kind of like a things come and go kind of person and you know if, if things come and they stay that's awesome um and so, like, commitment was never really an issue because uh, uh, things could always just be up. Like, I'm not, like, married to the idea of, like, uh, um, how do I phrase this without sounding crass? I'm not married to the idea of, like, mo- like weeping or crying if anything ends, so to speak. Yeah. So, like, commitment, like, never really scared me. It's more just like, oh, what does that mean? And I never really thought about it. Um, it's been like a learning process necessarily, as opposed to something I knew right away that this was going to be a heavy commitment and X, Y, Z. It's just like, I'm also like, I don't have a lot of things to be committed to beyond the game of comedy. So what's one other thing? You know what I mean? Like if that's like a stark way to put it, it's like, what, what is commitment? <laughs> no, so. I, I think that's the best way to put it. Cause I think uh, the way people that I've noticed think about it here commitment like the way they go on like oh it's so scary and then you're with someone forever and it's like no you could get run over by a bus tomorrow like yeah, I just think I mean, the European way is a bit more chill where it's like okay we're together now but you know and then just kind of going with it day by day but here yeah, yeah I mean Europe does some things right you know like yeah some things (laughs) (laughs) even though like as an Irish person I never considered myself European until I moved over here and people kept telling me and I was like oh okay I guess I am (laughs) Uh 
I don't think of Irish people as European. I think of like people from Spain and Portugal as European. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I kind of find like a lot of my friends are um, either from uh, India or the Middle East. And I feel like the cultures are very similar to Irish culture and it yeah, relates uh, so heavily with them. Yeah. I mean, their, their culture is driven uh, by religion and work ethic. So that makes a lot of sense as to why you would have a lot of those uh, <laughs> brown friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even stuff like tea. My friend was like, um, I said it to her. I was like, I find it really weird in America that no one offers you tea when you come into the house. And she was like, oh, I feel the same thing. It feels like so rude and it's so important in our culture. <laughs> Got to have some tea. Right. Uh, and then, you know, 20 years later, you can finally talk about the clitoris. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I do think like that is something that American like New Yorkers, they're just so open about talking about the clitoris and sex and stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like I know for, I didn't really feel comfortable like even approaching my clitoris until I moved here and all my girlfriends were talking about it. And nice. I mean like my American girlfriends and I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit. And then when I talked to my immigrant friends, they were like, yeah, they're like, they learned as well when they moved here too. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Uh, oh, I don't know anything about the clitters. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, I, I can imagine it's a very difficult thing to broach if you never even knew how to broach it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's for me, like as I think back on just my sex ed in general, I never felt any real shame about any of it, um, at least from like talking to friends about it. Definitely not like the generation above. Like, I would never talk to my parents about that shit, but uh, definitely, like, with my friends and stuff, it all felt very normal. I think we all kind of grew up in the same, like, we grew up, like, our ours is the generation of, like, uh, digital porn. So it's very easy to just talk about everything because you could just couch it in that conversation. Yeah. So obviously, sorry, we talked about this a little bit at the at the top with your parents not minding you dating a white woman. And obviously, you're wife is white did you feel there was any issues with interracial dating or anything that came no up? not really i mean i made i made jokes about it uh but i never really felt anything necessarily uh because like i said like the onus is on me to maintain whatever things are being quote-unquote diluted um and so that was really it. But beyond that, not, I mean, it would be great. It would be fantastic if, you know, when my grandparents talked to her, <laughs> like, uh, uh, she could fully understand what, uh, they're saying, but you know, I'm there to translate and it's something I've worked on, but beyond that, like, no, nah, not really. Yeah. Everyone is pretty, very accepting, like immediately. Um, not that there was anything to accept necessarily, but it was just yeah. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. This is what it is. Um, yeah. and that's how it was. Listener wrote in, um, for advice, do you want, can you give it? Can we do it? Sure. Uh, I can't. I don't know if it's be good advice. And uh, let's hear the question first before I tell them to jump off the bridge. Okay, great. I have to find it one second. Um, sure. It was very. They had sent it to me from a. They had started a new account so that there was mm-hmm. no name, no followers. Uh-huh. But basically, it was. 
Okay, actually, I'll just give the rundown of it because it's a bit long. But basically, she wrote in saying she was living with, she moved in with two guys. One of them has a girlfriend, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, they started flirting a lot. And the longer they lived with each other, they kept kind of spending a lot of time together. She developed feelings for him. And one day when he was leaving the apartment, he said, I love you. And she just ignored it. Now they've never kissed or anything like that. She started uh-huh. to feel very uncomfortable because he had a girlfriend. And she says in this message that she decided to be like the annoying roommate, which I don't really understand. Um, and she started to do things to kind of put him off her, like be really annoying, really, really irritating, just so she could uh, establish a boundary. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she moved out. But since then, she's been thinking she wants to reach out to him about her feelings. Um, now, he, he has unfollowed her. He doesn't follow her anymore. Uh, oh. And she wanted advice. Should she reach out and tell him the truth and tell him that she was she actually is really into him, even though he has a girlfriend uh, and that she did hear him say it at that time? Or should she just leave it? Uh, that's funny. That sounds like a sitcom setup. Right. It's, it's, I would it never, it would never occur to be, to be annoying, to be willingly annoying. I would, I'm going to make sure he, I'm going to, I'm going to fart and <laughs> leave the toilet unflushed. Yeah. I'll cook him a meal and it'll be raw. He'll, Drink he'll learn. The milk carton. <laughs> and that only made him love her more. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it, it sounds like she has very little to lose. Uh, she's already moved out, so it can't be too much more uncomfortable. Um, it can't be uncomfortable anymore. It's just be like something she wants to be a homewrecker. Uh, yes. <laughs> go for it. But if not, you know, just wait it out. I'm sure there's ways to track if they're still in a relationship or, or just maybe she's the reason that they break up. I don't know. Uh, all I would say is shoot your shot. If you think it's worth shooting <laughs> and uh, uh, if you got an open look, take it, you know? Yeah. I think it's a red flag that he whispered, I love you. And they hadn't even. Oh missed. yeah. That's, that, that's a, that's a wild thing to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. How much does he love her? If he unfollowed her and all that kind of shit. Yes. You know? But who knows? I mean, uh, uh, it sounds like a episode of Seinfeld where, you know, George said it and she didn't say it back. And the next time he says it, she's going to be like, I know I heard you the first time, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Go for I- it. It feels very uh, overcomplicated, I feel. I don't know. I wouldn't want to ever uh, meet someone who has, if they have a partner already, because then you couldn't, I'd be kind of worried while we're dating. You couldn't trust them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do it. Do it. Ruin that relationship. (laughs) And then let us know how it goes. (laughs) And enter a terrible relationship yourself. (laughs) Go for it. Yeah, we get like we get fun listener questions in all the time. But yeah, uh-huh. I think that was the even the fact that she had set up a new Instagram, I thought she was like, okay, I'm not getting caught out on this. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> I kind of asked most of the questions that I wanted um to ask. I kind of just wanted to hit on like religion, shame, like coming from an immigrant family and in regards uh-huh. to dating. But it seems like you grew up very it was very it was very easy, very happy, very loving, yeah. no, not a lot of shame. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. There was definitely shame, and uh, but not like. I also didn't do anything like crazy, you know. Like ah, I'm gonna be jerking off every day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I was going out of my way. I, I guess I'm just lucky in that sense. Um, and that you know, uh, 
uh, overall, yes, I grew up great. Uh, I learned everything I needed to learn um, and the things I needed to figure out on my own. I kind of figured out my own. Yeah. Uh, and, and luckily for the, luckily I'm, I'm not a victim of the American school system, but a beneficiary of it. Uh, so yeah, I've been, I've been cool with, in that sense. Um, but I'm sure that you could probably talk to a, a bunch of other, uh, people who grew up kind of similarly. I'm sure they have like horror stories about the, the talks their parents gave them. Yeah, My yeah. parents just never gave me those talks. It was kind of just implied with looks and glances. And they, they were also kind of like free with, what I did because I think they trusted that I wouldn't do anything crazy um like you know get a girl pregnant at 17 or anything like that you know so that luckily it didn't go the other way either where they were just like so open and be like this is the labia <laughs> dad get the fuck out you know it wasn't it wasn't anything like that it was just like pretty chill um as as I was as informed from them as I wanted to be about stuff like that yeah and you know? Um, this is something as well that like I know Irish women uh, will talk about a lot like of when to have sex so let's say like usually we would hold off maybe to the third date sometimes we'll have sex on the first night but there's always that uh-huh. battle in our head is if we do actually like them did we give it up too soon um, uh-huh. and like I, I honestly believe I don't think it really matters but do you would you ever judge a woman for sleeping with you on the first night or has it not affected at all. not at all uh, um doesn't change my opinion one way or the other. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know why it would. Um, uh, the only thing about fucking on the first day is sometimes it's a little sloppy. <laughs> but after, <laughs> beyond that, like, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is funny, like, because I do think, you know, uh, I like to wait a little while just because I'm more comfortable. Um, I remember my friend was saying, she was like, oh, I should hold out for a few weeks and then he'll be more likely to date me. And it's like, yeah, but if you're trying to trick someone into dating you, like I, I yeah. if, if you're holding out because you're more comfortable or because you want to have something to build up to excitement wise, that's great. But also if you're trying to like play a game to like trap them into loving you, I'm like, I think that's yeah. probably the wrong. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. What's it called? It's like, uh, you're going to make this person chase your pussy, you know, <laughs> or why <laughs> you know if they're if they're if they're only after that then they're gonna leave regardless after that you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah they could wait they could wait um they could wait three weeks and still yeah leave. <laughs> yeah it's not a real fucking problem you know yours is not the only one in the land <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so, they're still banging other people while they're waiting yeah. for you <laughs> there's plenty of other pussy and dick out there so I have a friend and they were telling me that uh, they dated someone for two years without having sex because the girl was a strict Christian, president uh, Christian here in America. I was like, I was, well, I, was, I was very rude. I was like, I don't think you guys actually dated. I think you had a really good friendship for two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Jesus, she must have really loved Jesus. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, no disrespect. So uh, but, you know, Jesus... Um, his dick is not real so (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know why you hold out for two years that's wild but you know kudos that must have been a great first orgasm well they didn't have (laughs) sex in the end because they didn't get married so oh wow oh damn damn that stinks and you think for women like i I know the more practice we have the better orgasms get because we get more comfortable with our body so for her what's she going to be like 
40 by the time she has a good orgasm. Yeah, wild, wild. She's yeah. going to be a serial killer for sure. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's going to poison her future husband's food. <laughs> oh. So that's the other extreme. Um, I don't think of any other questions. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, this is fun. I, I hope it was um, helpful and informative and different than the ones you've done before. No, it was. And it was great as well for you to just be like, nah, it was, you know, everything was pretty great. All worked out. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a happy relationship. <laughs> things are pretty chill. I'm, I'm, I'm happy on all fronts, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. No, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, well, thank you. And your Instagram is Finding Nimesh. Yes, that's me. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are the best. Uh, please follow Nimesh and have a lovely day. Uh, have a lovely Monday morning and Tuesday's episode will be up with the sex therapist. Very excited. Uh, talk to you. Oh, and if you can rate, review, all of that, tell your friends. That'd be amazing. And uh, have a great day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 